Take your golf expertise to the next level with Lynx Premier, unlocking the most exciting and insightful coverage of the game's courses, travel, communities, architecture, and more. With Lynx Premier, our latest subscription tiers offer something for everyone. Whether you enjoy reading the print edition of Lynx, clicking through our digital magazine, scrolling around lynxmagazine.com, or all of the above. Plus, subscribers receive priority notifications for exclusive Lynx events, a welcome discount code to the Lynx online shop, and much more. Get your all-access pass today by visiting lynxmagazine.com and clicking the subscribe link. Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Al Lunsford, joined by my co-host, Joe Passoff. Joe, Cabot Citrus Farms, the Cabot brand's first U.S. property. You know Cabot most likely from their work in Canada, uh, in Nova Scotia, Cabot Lynx, Cabot Cliffs, really highly ranked Canadian courses. They've done some expanding in the past few years, and you've likely heard about the news and they own Castle Stewart in Scotland, and they're developing Cabot Highlands there. They've got projects in British Columbia, as well as St. Lucia. More, it's not likely to come, it's certain to come in the, in the future for them, but Cabot Citrus down in Brooksville, Florida, between Tampa and Orlando, is a revamped of the property that used to be their World Woods Golf Club, and Joe, I want to talk to you because you played World Woods when it was World Woods. I got the chance to go out and play Cabot Citrus ahead of the PGA show about a week ago and see what it's become. But I'd love to talk to you about what it was. And later in this episode, we have conversations with Kyle Franz, the architect of the Carew course, which used to be the Pine Barrens course, right, Joe, there in at World Woods and um, exactly, mm-hmm. and also talk to uh, Cabot CEO Ben Cowan Dewar for about 10 minutes. So, later in this episode, you'll hear my conversations with them from Orlando from that preview play day at Cabot Citrus Farms. But first, Joe, World Woods, uh, can you give me just a, a background of the history of that place and, and what you remember of it before it? And it's now become a new property with two brand new 18-hole courses, two short courses, a nine-hole and a 11-hole par three course, and a really crazy, crazy putting green. We'll get to that, to more of that. But first, Joe, World Woods, what what do you know about that place and its background? Well, World Woods, WW, fairly strange name. And it was a very strange property. But I used to think about it, Al, with another WW, weirdly wonderful. Okay, yeah. What is my explanation behind that? Yeah, this was really one of the most unusual golf properties I've ever encountered. Why do I say that? Okay, Um, way back when, late 80s, Golf was absolutely booming in Japan, as was their economy. And a group of Japanese investors had wanted to do a spectacular 36-hole complex with a bunch of extra golf, from practice holes to practice courses, short courses, amazing practice facilities. Just very difficult to bring off in Japan, given the lack of available quality land and the costs in doing it. So... 
they decided to do this project uh, in the United States. And there was so much available cheap land in this remote part of Florida that that is where they landed. They got the preeminent architect of the era, Tom Fazio. Okay, I mean, whether you call it Pete Dye or Jack Nicholas or one of the Joneses, I mean, Tom Fazio was kind of at the center of the universe back in the early 1990s in terms of design and a blueprint blueprint for success. So Tom Fazio comes in and lays out two championship, uh, use that adjective, you know, full-length regulation golf courses. The one you alluded to was called Pine Barrens. And the intent was for Pine Barrens to emulate Pine Valley because they were fairways cut through the woods, but over and around and through big pockets of sand. Very unusual, again, property. Now we think of Streamsong, who used sand so amazingly well. But back then, Worldwoods did also. So Pine Barrens was established, and then it was balanced by the nod to Augusta National, a course called Rolling Oaks. They both opened at the same time, 1993. And again, Rolling Oaks, a rolling property, large uh, sectionalized greens like Augusta, uh, beautiful trees, both pines and hardwoods and so forth. And not only did you have those two emulations, so to speak, but you had a short course, you had three practice holes, and you had a square driving range. It went 360 degrees, 22 acres, it was maybe the best practice facility as of the early 1990s of any golf course anywhere, private or public. Absolutely astonishing. You could practice in every different kind of wind and, you know, go over there to the little practice greens and do your bunker shots and then go play a little short course. Okay, so why was it so weird? It's in the middle of nowhere. More than an hour from Tampa, more than an hour from Orlando, and no lodging. Well, what exactly were you supposed to do? You know, you would settle someplace, like let's take a vacation in Tampa. And, you know, I remember there was one hotel not too far away that was, was pretty good, the Plantation Inn in Crystal River, which had their own 18-hole golf course. And I remember Crystal River, that Ted Williams, the baseball great, used to like to fish there and hang out there. But beyond that, it was very remote. And in those early days, it was tough to find. I guarantee you didn't have anybody that didn't take at least one wrong turn trying to get there. So that's the backdrop for Worldwoods. Japanese money, strange name. I used to know the explanation behind it, but... In any case, just you got to go see it. You know, this is the latest, greatest public thing. Well, as the years went on, it was pretty clear that Pine Barrens was the higher ranked, better course of the two. It was just better executed, that much more interesting with sand features, sand pockets. Um, I mean, fantastic. Pine Barrens actually was in the U.S. top 100 for quite some time with all the different magazines. 
And that's both private and public. And this was purely public. Rolling Oaks also had its advocates, and it was a really nice change of pace. The problem was, if you went there in the middle of winter, there wasn't always enough daylight to get both courses in. So spring or fall was a little better to get them both in, and even to figure out a place to spend an overnight so that you could do the practice facility to the best extent you could. But Al, you'd show up at Worldwoods. I mean, it was this tiny temporary pro shop and no lodging, no housing, and this unbelievable golf facility. So that was the backdrop to it. Pine Barrens in particular um, had a hole. Uh, the fourth hole was a par five, the dog leg to the right. Uh, risk reward. It was only like 510 yards back then. Uh, Tom Doak, it was a favorite one of his um, with a huge sand waste area, so to speak, all the way up the right side of the hole. So give you a little risk reward aspect as it was dogleging to the right. I kind of like the short par four 15th. I think it was because I could handle it. It was only 325 yards. And again, a little dogleg right, and you had choices. You did have to carry the sand on your first shot and your second, but you could cut off a whole bunch if you dared. You know, really, really good short par four for Fazio. And so at long last, uh, then it became more of a novelty. None of us that had seen it ever really went back there because there were so many other places to see, but it became one of the best bargains in the country. You could play it in the summer for $40 Pine Barrens. And even in the height of the season, during the week in 2019, for instance, it was $99 to play a top 100, at least public, golf course. And then they had a deal if you wanted to play both courses in the same day. Again, you know, in the summer, it was just phenomenal bargain. But that isn't what you wanted to necessarily be known for because conditions were slipping and it's just the way it was. And when Streamsong opened, it was just better golf. And if you're going to go to a little more of a remote place for a perfect Florida experience, you had Streamsong golf and lodging. So I'm going to kick this back over to you. But when I heard that Ben Cowan Dewar and Cabot had come in, and they had had tremendous success with everything they had touched. And I thought to myself, well, that's kind of sad in a way because they're going to completely, you know, junk the Fazio courses there. But then in the next breath, I said, well, it's not so sad because I saw what happened at Pinehurst with Pinehurst number four. And the Pinehurst folks decided, you know what? Pinehurst number four, that was a Tom Fazio makeover, was in the top 100 public courses. I mean, it was terrific golf. But somehow the folks there decided they could get more out of that property. And in the hands of an architect who went different directions, in emphasizing different things, that's just what happened. Pinehurst gave that project to Gil Hans. He created pretty much a brand new number four over what had been Fazio's number four. And as good as the old one was, the new one was that much better and that much more memorable.
So when the Cabot folks decided we're going to do this extreme makeover, but on a piece of property that is just phenomenal, I thought, okay, it's in the right hands for starters. And even though it didn't go to one of the top name architects, it went to some architects that were extremely skilled with tons of experience on working on those kinds of projects. And so I do look forward one day to, to seeing Cabot Citrus. But in the meantime, that's your preamble about what came before. Well, I'm very excited for you to go see it as well, just so you can then report back and, and tell me what you thought. You'll see, I played with a guy, his name's Jason Bruno, operates the account Lynx Nation, if people have heard of that. Uh, he had played Worldwood several times, and it was interesting to see his his thoughts as we got to every hole and you know this is the same essentially the same routing of the golf hole a few things have changed here I, I i would love to hear your thoughts as well on that 15 i think is the same that short par four the tees we played it were up uh the tangerine tees as it were they're really playing up the the citrus and the cabot citrus farms name but uh that essentially played almost like a long par three, but with a lot of risk involved if you're not going to hit the green, uh, sandy waste areas everywhere. A few things, it's still Cabot Citrus Farms now, uh, the property, it being in the same place, it's still pretty tough to to get to and to find. We did miss turns on the way there. <laughs> Cabot Citrus and Streamsong, maybe the two of the hardest places to to make sure you don't miss a turn on your way there. Uh, we stayed, I stayed at a hotel in Brooksville, uh, the city where it's uh, it's addressed to, and there are a couple options there. Um, they are building in the process of building cottages, two and four bedroom cottages. It's phase one of their real estate plan. So those are, those are going to be places that people own and then rent out to guests. So there will be some some lodging on property. The next phase of that will be single family homes, uh, a little bit bigger than those cottage style homes that are out there. But the right word for me to describe this place is, is fun. Uh, they have taken what you described, that great practice facility and driving range, and essentially tried to pack as much great golf onto it as possible. So the wedge is the 11 hole, Par three course. There's music playing the whole time. They have it lit at night for play for anyone wanting to go out there after hours. Right there next to the most rollicking putting green that I have seen in my travels, yeah, even more so than the, the preserve at Bandon or, or elsewhere. Uh, it is severe. But everything's all right there that I that played. So you have the wedge, 11-hole par three. You have the squeeze, which is a nine-hole course. It was announced as a 10-hole course, and they ended up dropping one of those. But the holes out there range from 100 yards to 550. There's a 550-yard par five on that nine-hole course. So that seems more of like an intermediate, you know, choose-your-own-adventure, match-play type of course uh, extra thing that, isn't necessarily built for people wanting to post a score, but more for, for playability and challenge. It has some of the most intriguing design features of any 
of the courses out there. You have The Roost, which is Mike Nuzzo, Kyle Franz, Ran Morissette as a golf course architecture advisor on that project. That's the one that you mentioned that is Shades of Augusta National. Uh, they've kept a lot of that. It's routed through the sandy, scrubby areas adjacent to Karoo, rolling meadows that are peppered with flowering dogwoods and native wildflowers, and even a 40-foot deep sinkhole, Joe. So some intrigue there. That course is not open yet. It will open sometime later this year. I think they were targeting spring, but it's a little flexible. They haven't announced a, a firm, hard date on that. Uh, and Carew, Kyle Franz, who he worked on Pinehurst number two with the restoration there. Southern Pines was one of his big projects, also in the Pinehurst area, that he got a lot of notoriety for before oh, and this. Especially, yeah, and project. especially mid-Pines. Yes, um, as well. You know, with tremendous acclaim and bumped that up into the top 100 public courses. So, you know, again, that's one of those names, Kyle Franz, you know, that has toiled on a lot of extremely important, successful projects, finally coming into his own with his own name and uh, and making a mark. So he gets out there. They cut down thousands of trees. They open the, the course up. The idea that, you know, you're going to go out there and unless something drastic happens, you're probably not going to lose a ball while you're playing this course uh, in order to make it more playable. I will say it's more playable. Uh, there's more space, but it's still very challenging, especially for a high handicap player who's going to be digging in the sand a lot of the day out there. It's going to be a long day for some people, uh, but there's a lot of space. You know, you're going to keep yourself in the game by not losing any shots. There's the greens are big, uh, but you certainly have to be in the right spot if you want to score well on this course. And, you know, shades of Pinehurst out there. Uh, he took a lot of inspiration from St. Andrews national golf links. These are his words. You know, he'll go more into detail on that in the conversation we have following up. Uh, and one other thing, it's certainly not going to be the bargain that world woods was. And you're right that the nature of, of being a top 100 course, that's a bargain. Things just fell apart for world woods and allowed this Cabot team to come in there and totally uh, give this a huge facelift. They've got triple fairways out there, double greens. I mean, it is a tremendous amount of fun and it's unlike anything you've probably been to before. So with so many different golf options, there's something for every skill level out there. It's a lot of golf to be played. So if you are just coming in for the day and spending one day in and out, not even staying, you've got a tremendous amount of variety there for you. I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. I look forward to going back to seeing the, the other course, the Roost, but high marks for Cabot Citrus Farms from me. Well, Al, uh, that sounds like a pretty strong endorsement. Um, I'm curious about a couple of things. First of all, you described what had been the Pine Barrens course is now called Carew. Now, my first thought, of course, is the great hitter from the Minnesota Twins, California Angels, Rod Carew, C-A-R-E-W, but that's not how Carew is spelled. How is it spelled and where do they come up with the name? Carew is K-A-R-E-W. O-O, and it comes from 
the sandhill cranes that are often seen throughout the the course there those birds are known for their dancing and singing and their call their bird call is a loud trumpeting sound known as the rolling karoo so the logo for that course is a is a sandhill crane uh also great great branding and logos for cabot citrus farms the ar the orange really pops on everything and the squeeze and the wedge the squeeze is a glass of oj with a, a nice barbershop style straw in it and then the wedge is a, is an orange slice so really fun logos out there well those must have been some fun marketing meetings to sit in and and come up with those logos so the second question is more uh, golf architecture and playability, is that originally Pine Barrens was meant to evoke Pine Valley, if not replicate it. Um, and there were some forced carries, but not anywhere near as many as at Pine Valley. How does the new course play in terms of forced carries both off the tee and then into the greens? Yeah, there's a lot. It's forced carries over sands. There's one water hazard on the course. Uh, on a par three, which is the toughest hole out there, the number one handicap hole. But yeah, the, there's certainly a lot of forced carries. But at the same time, if you are in position, there is uh, an outlet to the green where you're not going to have to carry over sand. There's openings at every single green to get to the the hole and run it up and play the ground game. You know, that's a point of emphasis out there too. It was a pretty windy day when we played because it's all, you know, there's nothing, no, really not many trees to block anything out there. So it's wide open and you're you're getting whatever the forecast is for that day. It's going to be blowing when the wind's up. But yes, there are ways to play it to avoid having to encounter much of those force carries. However, the better players will recognize that the preferred route to the hole is going to offer more of a challenge, more of those carries uh, and direct lines are going to be, you know, you're going to have to make a golf shot to get there, which is, you know, that's the mark of, I think, pretty good architecture is that you can make it fair and give people a chance, but to score well, you're going to have to take on some, some pretty big risks. Fair enough. And again, it's a little bit of drive to get to for almost anywhere you're coming from. And you're going to want to make it worth the the drive to that destination, which means some memorable golf, some memorable shots to pull off. You're not next to the ocean. You know, you have forest and you have sand. And, you know, we've the pendulum has swung so hard in the direction of pure playability and the ball along the ground and wide entrances to the greens. And that's all great. You know, it keeps everybody in the game. But one of the things we love about golf design is the variety, is that, sure, if every single course played with the running game along the ground, um, it would be lacking because you want some of those opportunities when you're a pretty good player to say, I want to bring this shot off and I got to get it airborne. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like the new version, what they're calling the Karoo, um, really does that, is that there are options here and there and angles that you need to take advantage of, but still, you're going to have to fly the ball now and again, and um, and it's a nice sight to be able to take in if you do it. Yeah, absolutely, and the, the big takeaway, I think, is the greens. 
I mean, these things are insane. What, what Kyle has done out there, you got to be in the right spot on the greens. And if you're not, sometimes even if you are, uh, you're going to, to get and face a, a putt that you have to get really creative with in order to find a, yourself a good chance at a two putt. Uh, most of the time, I mean, forget thinking about making some of these these putts on these greens. Uh, you just have to position yourself with a good chance to, if you're on the green in regulation, just to save par. Uh, but it's thrilling and it's interesting, and you just haven't seen a lot like that on your average golf course. So something very different and exciting for people. I hope that that's what the takeaway is for most people that play out there and they don't just get overwhelmed and, and frustrated because they're facing a lot of three putts or, you know, you get on a double green and we had, we had a guy on the, there's a double green. I think it's shared with first hole. I can't remember what exactly the, the other side of that is, but you had a guy that had a putt that was over 50 yards long. So it was like 150 foot putt because it, everything runs from front to back and, you hit it on and just rolls to the other part of the green. So you're you're playing your putt back towards a pin with the people that are playing a different hole on the same green. So I don't know. I it's just try to come in with an open mind about it and just have fun. And that's the whole point of golf, anyways. So uh yeah, you can have a great day. I would recommend people play it a little bit forward out there. We did. You know, I think we played two tees up from the the tips back there, and it was a comfortable yardage, just over six thousand to the average person's game. That's not driving it more than two hundred fifty yards. Uh, it's probably where you should be playing, anyways. That's a, a different conversation, but at least at the first time you see it, you're going to have some comfort and not just be completely overwhelmed by the challenge of it. Well, it sounds like Cabot Citrus Farms is off to a terrific start. Going to be, uh, you know, again, another one of those must-play destinations in Florida, as Worldwoods was close to 30 years ago. So an amazing, interesting, unique piece of property. And uh, apparently there's some really, really exciting golf once again on that piece of ground. Right you are. So now we're going to tee it up to a conversation with Kyle Franz, again, the architect of Carew out there at Cabot Citrus Farms. Got about 15 minutes with him. Uh, he's just a, I mean, he's a savant. Like, he's such an interesting guy. He knows so much about golf and the history of architecture and how to implement it and, you know, how to put his own stamp on it, too. So endlessly fascinating. You could talk to him forever, but... We talked to him after that, had a conversation again with Ben Cowan-Dewer about the comings and goings at Cabot, what else they have going on in the works, uh, impressions of that property in Florida, but some other things as well. So two good conversations. Stay tuned for those after this. Joe, thanks for your thoughts on World Woods and go out and play Cabot Citrus and tell me what you think for yourself. Shall do well. Here's my conversation with Kyle Franz. Part in the audio, we were kind of off to the side as there was a function going on at Cabot Citrus Farms, but hope you enjoy. 
So now that we're here and, you know, people are starting to play out here, uh, what's the feeling like of, of seeing, you know, rounds being played and hearing people talk about it out there? Oh, it's just awesome. You know, we've worked so hard on this the last year. You know, um, uh, it's been such, such a fun project. It's such a great piece of land. You know, the ideal client, uh, ideal concept. You know, we got to really push it and do some fun stuff that we wanted to do on this. Uh, and, um, you know, it's uh, it's just very rewarding to finally get an opportunity to uh, get it to where a bunch of folks like, like you all uh, who, who love architecture and, and love this kind of stuff get first crack at it you know uh, uh, that's that's what you really like to show it off through. so it's been fun just chatting with everybody uh, for for a couple hours uh, just seeing what everybody thinks and uh, and uh, you know uh, uh, it's fun to talk about what we've been trying to do since you know we, we are trying to not just like you know paint my numbers or uh, or copy my mentors we're trying to do some really fun stuff that uh, we hope everybody's gonna really enjoy yeah what would you say for someone who has been here before when it was World Woods, what, you know, overarching themes of what you've done out here on Carew? That, that would be different for someone who's coming back for the first time. Yeah. I mean, overall, uh, you know, um, um, you know, we just want people to have a lot of fun out there. You know, uh, uh, so we've really tried to make it eminently more playable. And, you know, we've cut down thousands of trees to really open it up to where you don't lose a ball and uh, find it out in the sand. And you know, we'll continue to plant and seed things and get all the native areas kind of growing in the next the next several months. But, uh, you know, first and foremost, just get it to where it's really fun and playable. You know, the fairways are really wide you know i think i think it's probably easy to describe number 18 where you had like a 60 yard you know dog leg to the left uh, in terms of width before as a tough finish and a lot of lost balls to the left whereas now you have you know 100 plus yards of uh of three fairways that you can kind of slap it around out there and have some fun um so there's a lot of space for the average and higher handicap player but uh um the uh um, you know, if you're going to score for a really good player, you got to hit in the right sections out there. And, uh, um, you know, we've uh, we tried to make it where there's a lot of fun nuance in and around the greens. You know, big greens where, uh, where you know, kind of like St. Andrews where, you know, average player can, uh, uh, you know, they're going to hit a lot of greens. But to score, you got to hit in the right sections of the greens. And uh, anytime you miss the green, you're really kind of thinking about where and where not to miss based on little contours and things in front of you up there. And really just get it to where you're really kind of thinking about, uh, uh, you know, everything is, every shot is uh, is fun and engaged all the way through, whether it's places where it's really wild and woolly, like the 16th green, uh, or, uh, you know, are, are places where it's, it's more restrained and we want the more quiet moments out there, you know. But uh, overall, we just want people thinking and, and really enjoying themselves, and hopefully when they get it get done, they're like, you know, I've never, never played anything quite like that, but it's it's a lot of fun. It reminds me of some of the stuff that I've that I've played that uh, uh, is among my favorite of the world, you know, like like a lot of my emphasis, like National Golf Links of America and uh, St. Andrews and uh, our Pinehurst number two. Yeah. I was playing with, like, a, a higher handicapper, and it seemed like, you know, were you talking about, you know, like, where you should be, but even if you, you slap it out there, some, you, sometimes you just find yourself in a piece of fairway that's out mm -hmm. there, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, the term, we've never come up with a better term yet. It was part of our original rose, so we just wanted it almost to be like adventure golf, where you'd hit it out there, and you're like, uh-oh. And you'd find, oh, wait a minute, I wound up in a section of fairway that I didn't even realize was there. Yeah. You know, like uh, on two, for example, on the tees, you know, it's just a sort of a sweeping hole to the right, and it looks like, good God. 
the fairway only looks like it's 25 yards wide the whole way and it's bending you know right in the landing zone you get out there it's actually like 70 yards wide you sit fall down into a section that's lower can't quite see where you're going in front of you but uh uh but you just find your ball in the short grass and uh start to battle onwards and that's what i really love about st andrews you know like when you look down at st andrews uh, you know, most golf courses in the world, you see, like, there's the 18 alleys that you're playing on. Yes. St. Andrews, everything just ebbs and flows together. And, uh, and you know, you find yourself, like, pulling a T-shirt and, like, uh-oh. You get in there and you're like, wait a minute, I'm just in between four and the next hole over. You know, uh, it's just fun and uh, uh, and you get lucky a lot of times. You also have some moments where you, where, you, where you have your moments of heartbreak out there, but you also get lucky a lot of times. And uh, and we wanted to have that kind of adventure sort of vibe to it. So we've never changed the terminology, adventure golf. You know, uh, um, just fun stuff for people to go out and, and uh, explore and uh, – and, uh, and, uh, Hope we'll play some good golf in the process. Yeah. And you're thinking, too, like, when you think, you, just when you think you're out of the hole and you're not, and you have to start thinking again, it's like, all right, may not be in the best position, but, like, how can I get myself yeah. there totally. in terms totally. of where, where that hole's going Yeah, you know, and, and, and one thing that, you know, you and I have chatted a lot on your on your trips here, so you, I know that you know a lot about architecture. You know, we've... we've we try to make for a lot of fun ground game stuff in the approaches and make it just dead obvious. We're not trying to like mask it under uh, 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 being ambiguous about it. It's like, yeah, everything's kicking out of the green from the left on number one. Everything's kicking out of the right on two and three. You know, we try to make it where people really want to explore ground game architecture by being just dead obvious about it. But there's a there's a to take that conversation from like you know, uh, the, the checkers level up to chess. Um, what you do when you make really great ground games options where you can just kind of swing it in and it's obvious uh, is when people get out of position on a hole, they can use that to what uh, get back into what I call the flow of the hole. They can get back into the game by, uh, by using the ground shots. And two is a great example of that. You know, you pull your tee shot down into that hollow that I was talking about. You're still in the fairway, but you know in front of the green front right I can stay away from those bunkers that are front left. I can just pound into that hill front right, and it's going to boomerang its way on down, you know. So, uh, um, so we've really tried to be very bold in our uh, uh, in our in our delivery of uh, of different ways you can play the holes. So people want to try some really fun shots, and uh, uh, you know, those are the kind of shots you remember at the end of the year. You know, when I when I was out of position on that hole and I hit that big slinging hook and it bounced off that hill and I wound up three feet away. Yeah. You know? So that ended own ride is an adventure i like uh got out to like, the stretch from 15 through 18 is, is really fun after you go even before that you get a par five and then you got short four that could basically play like a par three long par three yep um and then 16 i think it was like the pin was kind of in that honey hole right in the middle where mm-hmm. everything can funnel in and i was up on the shelf on the left so then that became like all right it's kind of an impossible putt but there's also a backstop where i could i hit it through and it sucks totally, back yeah, and i like still a, have a chance yeah it's like a beer it's just hit it to the other side of the roll backwards yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you guys got the taste of both, as I recall today as well. It was in both valleys on 7 and 16. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm a huge fan of as I love them. They're just so much fun to play. Nine at Yale is arguably my uh, uh, 
it's definitely one of my top ten favorite par threes in the world. So I love it when you have the opportunity. It's a really you know fun putts you're not going to see on most golf courses like that. And uh, you know the uh, the beauty of it is is there uh, um, is there uh, they're better prone to uh, hole ones as is uh, is uh, any kind of golf hole, obviously. So, Mr. Knight, our fearless leader, that was the first man to hit a hole in one here at uh, at Cabot, and. Uh, um, uh, he got it on number seven uh, down in the valley down there where it beerits its way down on it. Yeah. So, so any- I hope, I don't know if anybody did it today, but I hope someone was close hitting a hole in one on 16. Mm-hmm. You mentioned your some of your mentors and you didn't want to copycat them, but are there shades of certain people that you really, that screams it out here? Absolutely. You know, people often, you know, we've had a lot of people say it. You guys remind us almost a lot of like Strantz is doing, like some really cool, quirky sort of stuff. I think the difference between me and and Strantz is we really are deeply, deeply like pound on the table, heavily rooted in classicalism first. Whereas he was like pushing off at a wild boundaries. Like we're still tying a lot of it to uh, to, to older stuff. You know, like uh, we talk about like. You know, 13 at St. Andrews or 14 at St. Andrews or the Hogs back or 17 at, at National all the time. And those are holes that we really love. And we try and build our stuff off of like really cool classical stuff that we have in the back of our minds. We talk about Thomas all the time. Uh, you know, uh, um, we've started with some of the more like softer, gentler sort of stuff that uh, that Thomas drew. We plan on going all the way into some of the wildest stuff that, uh, that, he, uh, uh, that he ever drew up. Some of it will come out at Broomstead. Uh, um, so, you know, uh, but in terms of like, you know, just good solid fundamentals and whatnot, I mean, you know, my career working for Doak and Corin Crenshaw and Gil really, really like just just uh, injected me with uh, with uh, you know, playability, playability, fun first. Uh, so, you know, there's still a lot of uh, nuance uh, that uh, I think I think probably especially them, they'll probably come out and be like, ah, I remember when we did that on one of those other golf courses. There are little pieces of uh, of their work that she'll kind of shows shows through with me, but, uh, uh, but you know, we really try and push it to try and not copy anything and just try and come up with fun, fresh stuff. You know, I think that's the, uh, uh, the word that uh, – uh, that, that probably uh, typifies what we're doing, classical but fresh. Mm-hmm. What's uh, next for you after this? Uh, we got a bunch of great stuff going on right now. You know, uh, as we finish up, uh, you know, native grasses and just getting everything looking really the way that we want it to over on Carew. You know, we've uh, we've got the roost going, and it's a really fun project. You know, Mike Nuzo has been so much fun to work with, and he's he's just such a great guy and uh, such a great talent. And uh, Grant Morris is you know a great friend that I've known for for years and years. He actually played a role in me getting in the design business because it was on Golf Club Atlas that Dope uh, announced that he was looking for interns for Pacific Dunes, which got me hired to begin with. Uh, so it's been fun to work with those guys, and uh, we have a really cool concept over there where we go for for as sandy and zany as fun as uh, as uh, as Carew, but we also some some really great like restraint holes with us, like bunkerless for you know stretches of holes, not just one. I have a lot lots of restraint stuff in cool green complexes, like uh, holes like almost like four at Augusta National. Um, and then we have a new build in, in Texas, which is an awesome piece of land, really beautiful uh, Texas prairie and uh, um, 
the uh, but the the land is just it's just it's just scarred with all these cool little like ten to thirty foot deep barrancas. So you can see with like the split fairways and the styling of stuff that we're doing right now, or you know the the recovery shots where we have Titan that goes into hollows and cool nuances in and around green complexes. It's like the perfect site for us to be working on. You know, uh, a lot of that like multiple fairway sort of stuff that Thomas uh, uh, was in love with that that I'm so enamored with. Uh, it's the perfect site for it. it's like it's like California only in Texas with the Barrancas. So so we're having a lot of fun on that. We're a few holes grassed into that right now. Uh, and it's coming out great. And then we have Broom Sedge in South Carolina, which is like a dream site. You know, it's a site that uh, my associate, uh, uh, Mike Kaprowski, my design partner, uh, he selected the land himself. It's a very rare occurrence where designers get to select the land. But it's beautiful, yeah. sandy, hilly terrain uh, with a big lake through the middle of it. And uh, um, uh, a really cool concept that we have for that course as well. Um, and then uh, we have a restoration going on uh, uh, at Woods Hole up in Cape Cod. It's a cool old golf course, 100 years old. Uh, Alex Finley worked there, Styles Van Cleek. It's a great architectural pedigree, multiple people. And then, you know, so it's just been kind of been tinkered with by who, who knows who back in the early days. It's a really cool, almost like, I think it's one of the golf courses that, um, uh, that really typifies like almost like English countryside quirk, like really cool quirky architectural rock walls and uh, uh, just wild like glacial till. So it's a really, really cool uh, project that we have going there and it's an exciting one to, uh, uh, to have a restoration like that going on while we have uh, these other things going on. But a great year in front of us between that and we, uh, uh, we're gonna be working at Eastwood Ho Club uh, on Far Cape Cod, which is another just like it's incredible glacial till one of the best pieces of land that i think anybody's ever been handed in american golf uh it's a great old classic course with uh, uh a great uh, pedigree fowler built it and uh really beautifully well preserved and we're just going to be you know working with details to it you know bunkers that are missing and uh exposed sandy areas that have been grassed in uh over time so we have a really really fun run of projects a going on right now and the stuff as we head into the fall time is really really cool so uh um busy busy staying busy. Yeah, yeah really busy Great. you know every young architect dreams of like the moment when you get breakthroughs of bigger and better and and, uh, and and cool new projects, new builds. You don't expect them all to come at once. Uh, so I've just been uh, good problem I've, to have. I, yeah, good problem to have. So I've just been riding the lightning and enjoying being on the road for for a year. Good so, deal. Been fun. Thanks, Kyle. Oh, no, thank it. you. Take your golf expertise to the next level with Lynx Premier, unlocking the most exciting and insightful coverage of the game's courses, travel, communities, architecture, and more. With Lynx Premier, our latest subscription tiers offer something for everyone. Whether you enjoy reading the print edition of Lynx, clicking through our digital magazine, scrolling around lynxmagazine.com, or all of the above. Plus, subscribers receive priority notifications for exclusive Lynx events, a welcome discount code to the Lynx online shop, and much more. Get your all-access pass today by visiting lynxmagazine.com and clicking the subscribe link. And now here's co-founder and CEO of Cabot, Ben Cowan-Dewar. So, considering we'll kind of count Point Hardy as 2023, 2024, Jason, and Citrus Farms, and the developments, Revelstoke in Scotland, biggest year yet for Cabot, potentially? Oh yeah, no, I, uh, it's for sure is. I mean, we opened... Uh, 
opened St. Lucia a month ago, obviously having the preview opening of Citrus, you know, yesterday, a month later, felt like an awful lot to put on the team to have these two come together. And then, you know, Scotland and Revelstoke are in full force and Cape Breton's gearing up for its biggest year ever. And so, you know, it, it certainly has been building on that foundation and building, you know, the momentum, but it feels like it is, um, you know, it's accelerated really, really significantly over the last couple of years. And we got a few other things we're working on. So it has the makings of another, another great year. Yeah. So Citrus Farms yesterday was obviously a big day. As a golfer, what do you like about what Kyle and Mike and Ran have done out there? Well, I think it's, you know, I loved, I loved that property and, you know, went to it over 20 years ago and, and loved the nature again, you know, as we're in the 25th anniversary of, uh, of Band and, you know, Worldwoods opened 31 years ago. And so you think about opening a 36 hole uh, public facility with a driving range and a par three, you know, it's, uh, it was always a trailblazer. And I think, you know, part of what made it amazing was that site was amazing. And so, you know, watching Kyle and Mike uh, breathe new life, obviously into the Karoo and the squeeze and, um, and the wedge, which we've gotten open and the roost is coming along. And I don't know if you saw yesterday, you know, Rod Whitman was out there shaping some greens. And so, you know, you think about the quality of those individuals coming together to collaborate on something, which is, both really rare and really hard i i would imagine unless you had the right set of people but you know i was at pine valley in the fall and i hadn't been there in a few years and it's obviously you know still considered one of the greatest courses of all time if not the greatest and mostless and i thought like here is a course that is number one in many worldless that was a collaboration with somebody who was you know almost like a, a composer of an orchestra and yet nobody's trying to do that, you know, every time out. And, uh, and so, you know, that sort of made me feel like we're on the right track with the roost. But I think all the golf is fun. I think it's original. I think the site's terrific. I think having a nine-holer in the squeeze, which we really had always wanted in Cape Breton. You know, we've seen people, you know, go to the par threes and obviously they've had great success, but we sort of felt like people might want a little more golf than a par three or on getaway day, you know, play a quick nine or on afternoon of arrival. And, and I think, you know, it gives us a lot of flexibility and I think the wedge is really fun. Um, but I think it just gives you an opportunity to play golf in lots of ways in a beautiful landscape, which is really what we were trying to do. Yeah. Mike Nuzzo said it was like you have everything from small with the wedge and you kind of go up every size there through Carew, I guess would be the XL yeah. is what he said. Yeah. So that was well, int I intentional, I guess. I, you know, I think it was just really creating fun golf and, yeah. and opportunities. And I think, you know, the Carew probably tips out at 7,600 yards, which I hope no one ever makes me play. Um, but, you know, certainly it had the scale, it had the room to do that. Um, and, you know, the wedge is a par three, and we've seen lots of great par threes built over the past few years. But again, I go, you know, you go back to Augusta and see what a joy and, and how integral it's been a part of the experience for, you know, members and their guests there. And it sort of struck me that it's like, well, like, why can't we just create a, a variety of optionality? And, 
And I think, you know, the, the squeeze sort of has, like some people have said, maybe it'll be like a match play course and, mm -hmm. you know, or, or a series of half par holes or choose your own adventure. I think it can be all of that, or it can be a nine holer that's rated that you can submit your score on nine holes for the people that care about their right. index. And so I think rather than being, you know, sort of forcing people into a golf experience that we are telling them what it is, mm -hmm. it's like, I think we've always aimed to have it be fun and relaxed and feel like you're welcome and feel like you've come home and you know aim to be in settings that are remarkable but you know feel welcoming and and the people in Hernando County have certainly been all of that and that was one of the most heartening things to see yesterday for me was all of this team that had come together in short order and all things are always stressful and so I think to have the team band together and really say you know we're excited to do this and we're excited to leave it forward and to have the response we've, we've had has been pretty amazing. Well, it didn't feel that way. Like, I wouldn't say it was stressful in the least. In turn, it, at least from a playing standpoint and just the whole day, it yeah. didn't, never felt like stressful was something I would describe. Well, and I think if fun. we've done a great job, it's yeah. the old duck paddling hard underwater and not looking, and looking calm on top. But, you know, it. I know it's stressful. I've even been through it. And I know we ask a lot of the teams whenever we do it. And so, and I felt the same way. I thought they did an exceptional job and it didn't seem, you know, like anybody was, uh, was under stress, but I know, uh, I know those, uh, those web feet were paddling hard underwater. Yeah. So the, back to the design collaboration on the roost, was that kind of organic between the individuals? Involved? It was organic. Yeah, it was, um, you know, as we sort of, obviously I think, you know, Kyle's a genius and, you know, Mike is so creative and it created all of this stuff. And, you know, there aren't many people that have gone from, uh, gone from building rockets to golf courses and uh, are literally NASA scientists. So, you know, you're sort of dealing with these two unbelievably bright individuals who were doing amazing work. And I think as we were thinking about what we wanted to do at the third course, we did that, and then I had this enduring belief that, you know, Rand Morissette, who'd been one of the great, you know, minds in golf course architecture and never wanted to be or call himself a golf course architect, I sort of felt like he'd have a lot to add. And then, you know, that trio um, sought out Rod, uh, Rod Whitman's, uh, you know, uh, advice. And, you know, Rod, who's busy in his own right and doing amazing work, you know, had a couple weeks and said I can probably come down and play a little role and you know and it's sort of like you see that in music a bit more you see it in art and increasingly we're seeing collaborations but you know it's a in any creative industry where there's ego involved and there is I assure you always ego involved in you know in the creation of things I think it takes a special group of people to be able to look at it and say yeah we can collaborate on that and get to the best answer and and again, I think as a company, all we're ever trying to do is get to the best answer to the point that, you know, if we build a hole and we think there's a better hole next to it, you know, we don't waste any time. We just build the hole next to it and replace it. And that's, you know, I mean, all that's about is not saying, well, no, we were right. You know, well, for sure, we've made a million mistakes. So, you know, fix our mistakes, admit them, move forward and just get to the right answer to create the best experience for, you know, everybody who's coming a long way to to play golf. Mm -hmm. The past couple of courses now to Point Hardy and then the names of the new ones are Carew and the Roost. They kind of have their own 
identity? Do you, do you feel yourself, you know, the property itself is going to be called Cabot, but do you feel yourself wanting to yeah, let and those I, have I think an it's identity? just a function of, you know, Cabot links and Cabot cliffs. You know, there were only so many interesting names that would do it, and uh, and they were rooted in Cape Breton where we were founded, and so certainly I think the brand. You know, and Cabot Citrus Farms is the destination, and Cabot St. Lucia is the destination, and Cabot Highlands and Inverness Scotland is the destination. But, you know, Gil Hands and Mark Parson had created Castle Stewart, and we didn't create it. And it's a celebration of the work that they did. And so there was, it certainly has an amazing reputation in golf. I'd loved it. Mike had loved it. There's no reason to change its name to something. We didn't do it. We didn't, you know, birth it. So we're just the stewards of it. So, I think it's just a practical reality, and Dope's course uh, at uh, at Cabot Highlands will be Old Teddy, which is named after the church it plays around. But, uh, you know, it could have been named Castle Stewart because it literally plays beside the castle. Right. But, uh, but you know, I think it's just practically, uh, with the, the ambition that we may have a few more in us, uh, you know, we needed to diversify the name. But certainly Cabot will be the name of each destination. Yeah, got it. Uh, Citrus Farms, from a resort perspective, what can people expect other than golf? Does that feel like mo more of like a traditional, more going on outside of golf resort than any other place that you've done so far? You know, I think um, I think we're evolving each place to yeah. that. I think St. Lucia has, um, you know, an enormous amount to offer as a tourism destination. Did before we got there, and so. You know, even in the week we opened, whether it was, you know, beach activities like kite surfing and paddle boarding or getting out on a boat and fishing, you know, I think we saw that a lot. And again, that's just listening to your market and hearing. And if people are going to come for longer stays and bring their families, you know, it becomes really important. And so, you know, we actually yesterday, while play was going on, we did a little tour of um, the shooting club, which will have a five stand, will have axe throwing, archery and um, you know, and then there's all these beautiful nature trails on citrus. We obviously border a lot of state wildlife reserve, but even on our own property, we've cut an amazing trail network. And, you know, there's, uh, there's fishing pond, there's rackets, and we've got rackets now everywhere. Increasingly, we have tennis, uh, pickle and padel. And, uh, and, you know, I just think padel is such a fun game that, you know, it feels to me like we'll be in that business for a long time. We're just sort of but as people see it. And so I think it's really just creating, you know, um, making sure we're delivering amazing golf and amazing locations. But, you know, we knew in Cape Breton from the beginning that the food was vitally important and the accommodation was vitally important. And, you know, getting that right really felt like, you know, it was table stakes for anybody making a trip. And, and this is just an evolution. And again, listening to, listening to, you know, all of our guests and what they want. Last one would be timeline on things going on, other projects. Uh, what can you update there? So I think we'll, uh, we'll have a busy year at Revelstoke and, uh, and Highlands building those two courses, Rod and Co. at, at Cabot Revelstoke and, and Tom and, uh, and his team uh, in Scotland. So, you know, I think hopefully we'll see some golf there next year. I think Citrus. Uh, we're open now for preview play. I think the grand opening of sort of a, the more complete resort and resort experience with uh, the roost uh, will be September 26th. So as you said, big year ahead. 
um, you know, getting ready uh, to finalize a Cliffs Clubhouse and, you know, lots of real estate we're still selling and building and so uh, getting underway on a clubhouse in St. Lucia and then, you know, always trying to keep a few other irons in the fire, so. Yeah, so staying busy. I'm doing, doing everything I can. It's all I can do. <laughs> all right, really appreciate it. My pleasure.